Hi, I'm Katrina Ingram. Welcome to Back to School Again, the show for midlife learners recorded at the Norquest College Innovation Studio. We talk with midlife learners about their educational journey, sharing their stories about how they are balancing the demands of school, work, and family, and where they hope their educational pursuits will take them. Major life events are often catalysts for deciding to return to school. My guest today is Dan Chernick. Dan spent over 10 years in the telecom sector where he managed retail operations with one of Western Canada's largest players. Following a restructuring, Dan decided to upgrade his skills by enrolling in McEwen University's Human Resources Certificate Program. And while doing this, he also switched industries and became one of the first wave of people to be part of the emerging cannabis industry in Canada. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks, thanks for having me. Okay, before we jump into your story, uh, full disclosure moment here, we worked together for about a year at a local company which recruited talent for the cannabis industry. And during that time, you and I had some really great chats about being students and the ups and downs of managing our school life and our work life. So while I was pulling together season two of the podcast, I thought I have to get Dan on the show. So thanks so much for agreeing to share your story. Now, let's go back a little bit. You started out doing a Bachelor's of Science at McEwen over a decade ago, but it sounds like life had other plans for you at that time. Tell us a bit about what happened. Sure, yeah. So um, being a young student, I decided to do what every student um, in Alberta should do after they finish their high school, and that's jump into university or jump into college. Um, I jumped into McEwen to take their Bachelor of Science program. Um, I'm a very uh, outdoors, outdoors oriented and uh, nature driven individual. So my aspirations were to build a career in some form of biology or wildlife biology or something of that magnitude. So um, I did that for a few years, I think about three years, um, while still balancing summer jobs and evening jobs to kind of put my way through school. Um, but at a certain point, I decided uh, to, to take a break, to pause. Um, I started to recognize that the career opportunities in that field um, probably weren't aligned with what I actually wanted to do. And I think that there's a lot of legwork to kind of earn your niche in that world. Um, and to be honest, I, I just wanted to kind of pause and put some money in the bank. Um, so I jumped into a job and I jumped into a career. And before you know it, uh, there were promotions and promotions and different roles. Um, and all of a sudden that pause became uh, permanent. It's amazing how quickly it can all go by. Um, and, and it was a decade, uh, it became a decade before you decided to, to do something different. So you had this career, um, you were actually in a leadership role. I imagine the family came along around that time as well. Um, and then things changed for you. And I know that uh, coming out of the media and radio space myself, that anything connected with media or telecom is undergoing massive changes. Um, what was going through your mind at this point in your career um, as that change was taking place? And what led you to choose to focus on human resources as a next step? Yeah, you bet. Um, so kind of in that moment of time, I was given an opportunity to sort of um, look at myself and to look at what I loved to do. Um, from a leadership capacity, I knew that what got me out of bed wasn't telecommunications. Um, what got me out of bed every day was really just supporting people um, through the challenges that they were going through, um, helping people be successful, growing careers, developing talent. Um, you know, that was the stuff that really fired me up. So when given the opportunity to look at investing in myself, I determined that if I went back to school and I completed the HR certificate, um, I would be able to either A, 
be a, a better leader and I could put those skills in, in towards leadership and management. Um, and alternatively, it would give me an opportunity to kind of pivot my career towards more of a human resources type role. Um, so either way, I knew it was going to be successful. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't have had that opportunity to really think about that if I was just sort of stuck in the rut of, of doing what you do every day, going to work and, and kind of keeping the bills paid and so forth. But, um, you know, it was a really great opportunity for, for me to look at myself um, and invest in me. Yeah, and sometimes it takes that really big thing uh, happening to us that gives us a chance to kind of break out of our, our normal day-to-day and, and really take a look at things. Um, I do want to learn more about the HR certificate program at McEwen. Um, tell us a bit about how many courses you take, who else is in your program, and what types of things are you learning? Sure. So I, I chose it because it's all online, which is fantastic. I can do it. Um, you know, when the kids are in bed, I can do it in the evenings. I can get up early and do it before the household wakes up. Um, so I really enjoy it for, for that kind of reason. Um, I mean, it requires a little bit of scheduling concerns here and there to balance life when there's tests and projects and things like that. But, you know, my wife and family have been super supportive of, of giving me the space I need to do to get that stuff done. Um, so I chose the program because, it, like I said, I could do it all um, online, which is phenomenal. Um, I've got to connect with a lot of the students, um, you know, through different project work and things like that. Um, the awesome thing about it is it really has attracted a pretty diverse group of people. I mean, I've worked with folks um, on project work that are, you know, just starting their education uh, for the first time uh, and also others like myself that are upgrading. So it's it's been an interesting process that way. Um, yeah. And when are you going to complete this program? You got it. Yeah. So I'm super excited that I have one course that is starting here in September, and then I have another one in January, and then I'm done. Um, I did a few courses through Open Studies last year to help speed that process along, and I was able to transfer some of my credits from you know when I initially went to school for the Bachelor of Science program. Uh, I was a little nervous that I uh, missed the boat on uh, getting in to the, the wait list for the program for September, so I was super happy that I was able to make it back in. So um, starting here in September with one course and then one in the winter, and then I will be done. Amazing. The end is near. That's yeah. great. Light at the end of the tunnel. Um, one of the things we often talked about uh, was how different we approached our school as adults versus when we were doing this for the first time back in our younger days. You've got some interesting observations about being a mature student, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting question, interesting thing to look back on. Um, you know, the difference between me now and the difference for me 10 years ago is just my motivation and my persistence to really excel at this. Um, it's certainly different when it's, uh, I feel that it's certainly different when you're paying your way through this through adult money versus through, um, you know, teenager money or young 20s money. It means more. Um, and to me personally, it means more for me to achieve as, as well as I possibly could with my marks or on an exam or a test or a project. Um, I'm really striving to absolutely do my best and, and to, to excel um, because I know that there's a lot that I am investing in this, but there's also a lot that my support group is investing in this. You know, when I think about, um, you know, the stuff that my wife has to do to give me the space to work on these projects and allowing me the opportunity to kind of hide myself out in the basement for a few hours to chip away every night, um, you know, it really makes me want to want to really just kill it this time um, and do the best I can. That's a really good point about um, the the difference it makes when it's adult money versus money that 
doesn't maybe feel real. Like I remember getting the student loans and I all of a sudden I had all this money in my bank account and it just magically appeared and I magically spent it and it didn't really feel real until I graduated and I had to pay it back, which is a whole other story, but um, it does make a big difference. Now, you did mention that you have a young family, um, and I know that you probably face some challenges just even finding the time to do your readings and assignments. So how exactly did you carve out the time you needed to focus on your studies? Yeah, it's funny because what I've learned from this exercise over the last uh, year and a bit here is how much time I waste um, when I'm not focusing on doing something like this. Um, The time that I would have spent just aimlessly watching TV shows or cruising through a Netflix menu or just scrolling around on my phone. Um, These are things that I'm doing even now, doing this summer. Uh, And I know that there are things that are going to change uh, when I jump back into this here soon. Um, So for me, you know, the biggest thing is just time management, prioritization. All of that looks a lot different. Um, What I've been really careful to do, especially in an online course where you get the autonomy to kind of chip away at things at your own leisure, but you're still bound by um, timelines and you're still bound by weekly deadlines. It really required me to sort of sit back, make a really organized calendar on stuff I need to deliver so I can backtrack and think about stuff that I have during the week to know that if there's, you know, swimming on Thursday that I want to go and, and, uh, you know, join the family and join my kids on, well, that means I don't have Thursday to work on that project. I need to chip away with that on Tuesday or, or Wednesday or what have you. So for me, you know, definitely just recognizing, you know, wasted time, spending time more efficiently, really tight organization, um, a lot of multitasking. I mean, even be it through um, work or through outdoor activities, you know, I find myself kind of socking away my textbook um, in my carry-on or my textbook in my uh, outdoor backpack for the day. And that, that's kind of the reading that I do to spend my time. That's amazing. And a lot of your comments echo um, one of our season one guests, Carrie Williams, who is also a dad with some young kids. And he shared this crazy story about how he was working on his assignments during his kids' karate lessons. And I kind of see you in maybe in maybe at swim lessons uh, doing that same sort of thing with your textbook. That's wonderful. Um, And you mentioned that your wife has picked up a lot of the other family duties. I'm just wondering, how is your family overall adjusted to you being in school? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, my my kids right now are uh, eight and five. So it's been kind of fun as well to sort of relate to them, you know, their dad going to school when they're prepping to go back to school. So it's kind of funny to have those um, commonalities, you know, with your children around that. Um, You know, even spending time where I'm reading my textbook and, you know, my older son is doing his home reading for the night and that's kind of what you, you know, where you spend some time together. Um, So they've been super supportive in that regard. That's so nice, like being a role model at that level. Very, very cool. Well, I want to shift gears just slightly because I do want to talk a bit about the cannabis space. And we both entered the sector a few months prior to legalization last year, and things were incredibly, incredibly busy. And our company was focused on finding jobs for people. And we had a lot of really intense timelines to meet because everyone was staffing up. And we were both new to the sector. Um, I mean, everyone was new because it was a new sector. So our boss used to talk about these learning curves within learning curves, and that's how it felt for me. Plus, I was trying to get my schoolwork done in the evenings and weekends. And I'm just wondering, what was that time like for you, both in terms of balancing a demanding work role and being a recruiter and studying HR? What was your experience, and how did you manage things? Yeah, that's a... I mean, the cannabis industry in and of itself moves at warp speed. 
Um, I even felt like after about a month or two, you, you kind of can't play the new guy card because there's 10 million people that are uh, building careers in it after you. Um, so, you know, from that kind of point of view, but it, but it's definitely fast moving. It's super fast paced. But again, going back to time management structure, I mean, that really is what allowed me to still balance my time uh, and to balance my priorities and to still get the things that I need to get done. And what what you learn is, you know, you can you can trim certain things from uh, your home life and have your spouse kind of pick up your gaps, and you can kind of find ways of streamlining certain things around the home, for example. But you really just learn how to trim out the excess, um, and I think that that's kind of been the the design that I've been following. That's interesting. That whole new guy card. I think I played that for like a week, <laughs> and then we hired our next person. I wasn't the new gal anymore. Um, now, you've moved into a new role recently. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So still building a little bit upon um, the uh, background in operations, the background in leadership, and really just my desire to help and support and mentor people. I mean, I even found that in the, the role where you and I worked t- together, um, I, I miss wearing that hat, right? So so building towards that, I mean, I, I look at um, this opportunity as something where I can um, you know, continue to support people, continue to grow people, um, really partner together um, the stuff I've done from an education point of view with my work experience to just make an impact. Um, and, you know, definitely a lot of recruiting, a lot of hiring that still goes along with that. So all these things are continuing to spiral together. And what's the most exciting thing that you've experienced working in the cannabis sector so far? Hmm. Um, I think that just in terms of excitement is the sort of um, – energy, enthusiasm, optimism, and fear about every time you look at a news article or every time you see a Google story pop out about something going on in the industry. Um, I mean, everyone wants the industry to, to succeed and be successful, especially those advocates within the industry. Um, so being just glued into that media, um, glued into that information is exciting. And uh, it could mean that one day as a is an awesome win when um, legalization passes or, you know, with edibles around the corner. Um, But it could mean a significant kind of blow when you read about something in the media, um, you know, about a a producer, for example, that's um, not compliant or um, with licensing, for example, with the retail licensing uh, not going the way as it was initially intended. Um, so either way, yeah, you're just glued. It's, it's optimism. It's exciting. Um, but it's, there's a little bit of fear there as well every time you, you read a news story. Yeah, and I guess that's to be expected with such a brand new industry and the regulators still trying to figure things out themselves um, and the industry trying to sort itself out. Well, it makes for really interesting days, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, in thinking about your back-to-school journey, what has been the most positive thing for you about this whole experience of going back to school thus far? I think the most positive thing for me is just to know that I am finishing what I started. And it's not necessarily the same path that I started. You know, going from biology to human resources is is not connected. Um, But I think about the time I spent as a telecommunications leader, and it was always just over the back of my shoulders that I just didn't finish what I wanted to do. Um, So I'm just honestly super excited that I decided to do that, to invest in that, and to to complete it. And to know that I am, you know, four-fifths of the way there is really exciting. I got to tell you, I um, 
I, when I was on the wait list for my last course, I've been getting some alumni emails from McEwen. And I'll tell you, when those emails pop up, I just wanted to respond back to them and just tell them, hey, I'm not alumni. I'm, I'm finishing this thing. I'm not going to be alumni like I was 10 years ago uh, when I didn't finish what I started. Well, someday you'll be alumni and you'll actually have finished as well, which will be really incredible when you get those emails. And I can totally relate to what you're saying about wanting to bring that closure uh, to that school journey. Was there anything that surprised you about this journey that you wanted to share, either surprising about the the schoolwork itself or something that you maybe learned about yourself in going through this journey? Yeah, I mean, from from an actual perspective of the coursework, um, I knew going into it, that the acumen and the knowledge that I picked up over 10 years as a operations manager, leadership uh, professional, um, I knew that there were synergies between the course content and the life experience, and I knew that the that there would be some duplication. Um, it's definitely made the the academic side of things a little bit easier when you can draw upon real life examples and um, you know um, connect the dots between the the theory and the the practical. Um, you know, beyond that, like I said, it's, it's scary to jump back into. And I got to admit, I was really scared about how I would make this all work. Um, but I have been able to do it. So I think that that's a, you know, optimistically, that has been a positive surprise. Um, and one that's been, been great is that, you know, anyone can do it. It's just, you got to carve out the time. You got to focus, you got to organize. Um, there's going to be compromises you're going to have to make, um, but it can get done. That's great advice. Is there anything else you wanted to add uh, to this interview or something that you wish I'd asked you about? Um, no, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to be here today and to, to kind of chat with you and to chat with your listeners. And I hope that out of this, I can help inspire somebody else to, to finish what they started. Uh, it's not too late to do that. And, you know, absolutely, there are um you know, accessible ways of, of pe- folks, um, you know, in position like mine to go back and, and get this done. Amazing. Thanks so much, Dan. I really appreciate you sharing your story and being here today on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. If you're listening to a show about going back to school, chances are you're really curious about all kinds of things. Well, here are two things you may want to check out. Taproot Edmonton is your source for curiosity-driven coverage of our city, cultivated by the community. Each week, you can subscribe to a Roundup newsletter that gives you a deep dive on particular topics, such as food, tech, health innovation, arts, music, regional news, or city council. More importantly, as a member, you get to support local journalism and stay incredibly informed. Learn more at taprootedmonton.ca. The Back to School Again podcast is all about what it's like to be a midlife student, but what's it like to be a teacher? The Ed Podcast, hosted by Shane Lawrence, is a weekly conversation about the teaching life. So if you've ever wondered what's going on at the front of the classroom, Ed will give you some insights. Ed is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. Find it and other great shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Now back to our show. I love talking with Dan. As I listened back on our conversation, I was a bit surprised to find that our chat was pretty short relative to some of the conversations I have on this show. And then I realized that's our cannabis background showing. We never had time for long chats around the water cooler. Everything was super quick, to the point. We lived our life on warp speed last year in the cannabis industry. Dan is incredibly devoted to his family. 
I was always in awe of his ability to balance finding family time while also staying on top of school and working a really demanding job. I love what Dan said about how much time we waste. It's true. We have pockets of time that we can reclaim if we want to. One of my biggest vices is the Netflix binge. And it takes a lot of discipline to remind yourself about priorities and continually stay focused on the long-term goal. That's part of approaching school with an adult mindset. As Dan also pointed out, the stakes feel a bit higher this time in that you're using family resources, time and money to advance your education. So you feel a greater sense of needing to do well and achieve your goals because the family is making sacrifices for you to be here. I also want to touch briefly on the cannabis industry, because one of the things I'm passionate about is making cannabis a place where professionals can build a career. There are great educational programs out there, places like Norquest College, who have a bud tender trimming course and a course on hemp. Kwantlen Polytechnic University is also a leader in cannabis education and partners with many other colleges and universities to deliver aspects of their curriculum. I'll put some links in show notes. Lastly, I love how Dan decided to focus his talents on human resources. It's an area of study that is applicable in so many ways, not just as a professional HR practitioner, but as a manager in general. I've no doubt Dan will continue to find ways to balance work, life, and school, and I wish him all the best as he completes his studies. That's our show today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like the show, please give us a rating. It helps other people connect to us. You can reach me at backtoschoolagain.ca or at schoolagainpod on all the usual social channels. I'd love to hear your story. Back to School Again was recorded at the Norquest College Innovation Studio, located on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional homeland of First Nations and Métis peoples. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Norquest College, for supporting the show and to our talented technical producer, Corey Stroder. Back to School Again is proud to be affiliated with the Alberta Podcast Network. Find out more at albertapodcastnetwork.com. See you next time.